this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that still fears being whipped by a wet towel my name is greg d i'm genius and on today's episode we're breaking up the boutique blu-ray chest and going and talking through a few of our few favorite years from the trailer trauma 3 80s horror thron blu-ray but before we get into that, let me remind you, we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe. And when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your trailer hole. And speaking of trailers, there... There's a reason we go back to this particular well. Yes. Breaking out the Trailer Trauma 3 80s Horathon Blu-ray is first and foremost we're f- we're a fan of trailers. Uh-huh. It's I I hate going to the movies knowing that I missed the trailers. Like sometimes I even hate with the pre missing the pre-show, but especially the trailers. That's it's it's especially growing up back in the day, that's how you knew what was coming out. It, there was no internet. It it was the analog internet back in the day. Right. I uh, know. Um, and so we've actually put out a, uh, a co- fan commentary for this before for the year 1988. We were kind of giving everyone a, year, a warm up mm-hmm. for the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, which has passed. And by the way, of course, the shape. I mean, you can't you can't get rid of it. Right. <laughs> uh, but we what we always enjoyed, though, though is this particular uh this particular Blu-ray is the wealth of trailers that yes. are involved and included with it. The movies that are near and dear to our hearts and movies that we've never even seen before or even heard of. Like, I think it was the last one we were like, what the fuck, Blue Monkey? Blue Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Blue Monkey. And that's the beauty of this particular um, collection. And I want to give a shout out to Garage House Pictures that put this collection together. And also, if you are uh, if you don't have this particular Blu-ray, this particular fan commentary track and the way we conduct these you don't need yeah and if you really want to match up you're going to do a little bit of homework either you're going to have to have the blu-ray or like oh they're talking about this movie let's look up that trailer and honestly so, yeah and if the commentary inspires you to go back and check out that trailer please do because you might hit some gems or especially oh. we're going to talk about movies that you're probably like damn i haven't seen that in like blah 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 and so. we're going to be focusing on the years 1985 and 1986 mm-hmm. and a gruesome twosome there are some banner years in horror in the 80s yeah and you can make an argument for every single year <laughs> of the 1980s for the best year exactly um, but 85 and 86 are pretty sweet for both of us regarding the films that were released and the relationship that we house with these films <laughs> house yes <laughs> <laughs> pun intended i'm glad you caught on to that there uh so we are actually on the uh the scene selection scene of the trailer trauma 3 blu-ray we're on film 67 yeah on this collection now mind you for this uh dvd it is blu-ray we're on number uh, 1985 and it's only number 67 there is a lot barely cracked anything on there now what we're going to do is we're going to do a lethal weapon style countdown Mm -hmm. where we go three two two, one and and then play. play So you're gonna you need to be on film 67 here for the bride, 
And you're uh, you ready here, genius? Once again, before we get started, we do not have any affiliation with any of the movies, any of the filmmakers, anybody at the makers of the Blu-ray, or anybody else even just watching it. We're just two we, people who like watching shit and talking about it. We love promoting physical yep. media. Yep, yep, yep. So let's go ahead and we'll get this started. Ready, genius? Mm-hmm. Okay, so three, two, one, play. And we start with a green band trailer, which means no nudity, mm-hmm. no blood, none of the good stuff. And it's a PG-13. Right. What could it be but a little bougie <laughs> a little bougie, horror, l- if you will? A l- little Gordon Sumner. I saw this movie, The Bride. At uh, West Glen. So it we'll was... get regional here again. Yeah. That I w- I, it's safe to assume. Well, actually, no. Technically, that was out of your... Way out of my comfort zone. It was the fancy one with the big chandeliers because this was a fancy horror movie. And honestly, I think when I saw it, it was too heady for me. So I dismissed it. I might. I want to go back and look at it because it looks rad. But like, well, honestly, you've got Jennifer Beals really hot in the '80s at that time. Well, yeah, Jennifer Beals straight out of Flashdance, and then you incorporate it, like you said, in very much a period piece film. Mm-hmm. And when you're growing up, and again, I mentioned the the two things that you're missing when you don't have a red band trailer. <laughs> you're missing the blood of the boobs, which like in the '80s. And this looks like something maybe my mom or dad would have wanted to watch, the horror that they would enjoy. Yeah. And at that time in my life, in 85, in 85 I would have been <laughs> nine years old. Now keep in mind, I don't think I saw any of these films in the theater initially. A lot of my first screenings on these were a lot of it was VHS mm-hmm. and through HBO. And I'll be honest, this is one that I still have never seen with mm. The Bride. And honestly, since we're repping 85, and the majority of films that came out are phenomenal, I do need to do myself a favor and check it out. If you ask me to describe The Bride, I... You, you just know Gordon's in there. Yeah. Now, hey, speaking of Red Band... Yeah, here we go. Now we got a Red Band show. We get some good stuff So now. maybe let's see what kind of gets to... Oh! oh. <laughs> well, you know what? We're getting one of the Bs, uh-huh. but it's not the B we're thinking of. <laughs> Rather than boot or blood, it's bugs. Bugs. Lots of bugs. We're getting a little creepy with creepers. And yeah, now this is actually... So a lot of people know this particular Argento flick as Phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it goes either way. Now this is... The, the Creepers is the really shortcut. I think that runs like maybe 79 minutes. Yeah. And there's another Blu-ray. <laughs> I buzzed him six times. <laughs> A little dumb. I'm glad that Pleasant's got to play in Argento's world. Yeah. That he bleeds over in a lot of director's works. Uh, but this is also technically Jennifer Connelly's first film. And she does great and scary and creepy. She does wonderfully in it. But can you imagine this being your first film? <laughs> and of course, we can't talk about any Argento film without the soundtrack and the score. And uh, Claudio Simonetti does the the score here, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I love is the fact that Iron Maiden, Flash of the Blade, that's such a deep cut, plays in this film. It plays in the trailer. It's unreal. And also the the weird, again, imagine this is your first film. You're being put in a pool full of maggots. You, on fire. On fire. You got this crazy little psycho dwarf coming after you. Welcome to Hollywood, kid. Right? You want to be a star, don't you? <laughs> and she would go from there into such genre treats as career opportunities uh-huh. and obviously one of your favorites. Labyrinth. Uh, staring across from David Bowie's bulge. Oh, that thing, that thing <laughs> deserved its own SAG card. <clears throat> Surprisingly wasn't sagging, though, in, in quite literally. Ah, 1985. Ah. Gave us much in horror, Mm -hmm. but it gave us two distinctly different zombie films. Yes. 
And this is technically the capper in... The Dead Trilogy. Yes, uh, George A. Romero's... After night comes the dawn, and then comes the day the of the dead. Darkest day horror has ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've hosted several screenings of this uh, in 35 millimeters before. Yeah. And it's a great horror film, but damn, is it dour. Yeah, it is. And okay, so <sighs> this trailer scared the shit out of because me. Because it gives away such a great shot from the film. Right. Oh, it's still very scary. And even if you, even to this day, with that scare, you still know it's coming. You know it's coming, but it's still like. I knew it was like a jack-in-the-box, like a jack-in-the-box of hand horror. Thank you, George Romero. And I'll be honest, it's also one of my favorites of the trilogy. It's got the great John Harrison score. It's a little bit of a contrast to Goblin. Oh, now, okay, Paramount logo. Mm -hmm, In the 80s. Hmm, What could it be? Hmm. I'll be honest, uh, we... Maybe a shout out to Danny Steinemann already here. Uh, Friday the 13th, part five, uh, The New Beginning. This is a film that is truly divisive amongst Friday fans. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. I'm a fan of Friday the 13th, part five. I need to give it more better shape. It's been a minute since I've seen it because there's so many of them. And, you know, it's not the one that I'm going to go to when I want to watch a Friday the 13th, part five. But I do know how massive the kill count and how sleazy and dark it is it gives you what you want in a jason movie without it being jason and what i think is funny too especially with the trailer here is oh, that's spoilers. about all of you get of the real jason <laughs> right in the film as you see in the trailer and about all of you get with um cory feldman as well and for my money cory feldman and Tom matthews are my tommy jarvis you're, so you're not a fan of part fives and eh, not so much I, I i liked where he went i liked his origin i liked where he went later Okay, I can go with that. And technically, then, this is the second in the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as we mentioned, Danny Steinman directed this, and he's famous for Savage Streets. And it's so mean. This is a mean-ass movie. Well, maybe if you would have laid off the enchiladas. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've, I'm not as big as a supporter of this fan, obviously, because a little spoiler here. Um, you know, obviously... It's not Jason, right? It's it's Roy. It feels like a little bit kind of like a Scooby Doo misadventure with the when you pull his mask off. <laughs> it would only been better if it was Buckflower, right? right. Zoic Scoop, that's got a death curse. Ah, well, nineteen eighty five gave us many things, but it also gave us one of my favorite all time film horror films from the eighties, mm-hmm. and I can argue it's my one of my all time favorite horror films in general. But fright night dinners in the oven a film that is scary it's funny it hits all the things you need in a good horror film and you feel sad for one of the bad you, guys you love the, oh god yeah the, the bad guys have have pathos mm-hmm. the the characters themselves uh, art art bell one of my favorite character actors showing up in there um and it's also a great take on uh, classic Hitchcock, Hitchcock uh, uh-huh. with the rear window, and even the old uh, Hitchcock mixing with old Hammer vampire yes, movies, and and great practical monster. Oh, effects. these the practical effects in there are phenomenal. Um, even and you think about Amy's reveal, making a man, the, making Marcy Darcy like a sexy vampire. Yeah, Stephen Jeffries is Evil Ed. Yeah. You know, you're uh, Billy the Ghoul. Yeah, I love Billy. I I do love Billy and their and Jerry's relationship in this film. Like, I genuinely mm-hmm. think they've got a re- great relationship. No, and this is such a interesting trailer because there's so much humor involved in Fright Night that it's kind of misleading. You go in for more horror. Well, speaking oh, speaking of horror, <laughs> Future Kill is a film that had a great VHS cover. 
the cover that cover was dope as shit but i never got around to see that movie I've never seen Future Kill, but I've always like that movie looks rad. Well, its fame to claim was it had everyone, a couple of the stars, Marilyn Burns uh, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That mm-hmm. was kind of its its main selling point. Was she tortured by Toby Hooper? That was maybe it was executive produced potentially by Toby Hooper. But that yeah, poor Marilyn Chambers in all right. those films. Uh, now this is another Marilyn gem Burns. from nineteen eighty. This one will get you in the end. <laughs> so much that they actually they include they when since they included that in the trailer they had to incorporate it into the film. Let's make it a tag. Let's get a tagline. We the kids love the toilet humor. But also the fact that Ghoulies <laughs> was the start of a franchise. Yeah, and the fact that they're not even like the Ghoulies themselves aren't even the main protagonist. They're antagonists. It's, no, it's they actually serve kind of like type. Cenobites. Yeah, just kind of in the peripherals, uh, in the sewers. No, you get away. more emphasis on the cast, uh, the crew here. And what I really like, you get Scott Thompson from the Police Academy films, who I've always enjoyed, and I get no guilty pleasure here at my old age. It's just pure pleasure. I enjoy some of the Police Academy films. Me too. And there's some funny shenanigans in this movie too. There's wacky shenanigans. Again, I go, where's where's the bathroom? You know, I've got to dispel some spirits. <laughs> Come on now, wacky <laughs> wordplay. And you get some wonderful practical effects. This mm-hmm. is the heyday. 1985 was one of those banner year for practical effects in films. All the way from lower budget features like this and you know uh, Empire Pictures to some of the big. Like the Gremlins and like all these weird like little critter movies that like showed up. I mean, you have movies like the Ghoulies and the Critters and the Munchies and the and all these little like Marissa mu- Hargitay also. Sorry, shout dun, out dun. there. <laughs> Her wacky college hijinks. This yeah. is actually what pushed her into special victims. Exactly. She goes, man. I was one time. I was on the toilet and a ghoulie bit me in the biscuit, and so I had to go and. Well, you know, Turn the law enforcement. I saw somebody get mutilated with a giant tongue. I've seen some shit. I need to fight crime. It dun, turns dun. out a, a therapist actually convinced her it was just little people in costumes. <laughs> that was truly her first bit of special victims. No, Ghoulies holds a special place in my heart. Now, what doesn't actually is this trauma-produced film, uh, Igor and the Lunatics. The Lunatics. I have not seen Igor in The Lunatics. Nor have I. This is another little gem, I should say, with this particular um, package of trailers that was a discovery. Yeah. That as nuanced horror fans as we are, especially here in the 80s, it was rare for us to stumble upon stuff that we had never heard of. You're like, maybe, and that's just it. There's a lot of these that I hadn't seen, but I knew of. Yeah. And then there's ones like these that I'm like, I've never, never heard, even of heard of this. And. It's insane. There's already nudity and weird blood, and and it just looks sleazy, and it looks like it's out of time. Yeah, it looks like something like Wes Craven would have done in the seventies. Hillbilly exploit, biker exploitation, or or hillbilly exploitation. Well, didn't you mention in the seventies it turned out that we can't trust now what it was the hob- hobos, hobos and hippies. hippies, fucking hobos and hippies. You can't trust them because they'll go and fuck your shit up. And this this particular film plays on that particular trope, which is really funny because again we find it now in nineteen eighty five. The stuff that Craven was commenting on in the seventies. They're now just getting caught up to, but again, if you're gonna, if you have a smaller budget, you got to go the horror route, and, and, and it looks trauma. It screams trauma. Oh, it yes. Well, that's the thing with trauma is, and I know that there are people out there that don't enjoy trauma, and I appreciate that because I understand why they don't appreciate it or they yeah. don't like it. You got to be in a mood for trauma. 
You got to know what you're getting into. And they're not necessarily films that you can throw on in the background because if anything, it's going to stop a party cold. Or go, amplify your party into weird, terrifying new heights. It all depends on what your end game is. A true litmus test, if right. you will. If it's <laughs> Let's like, crank if, this party down a couple of notches. Everyone to the left, you're cool. Everyone to the right, well, we're putting you on a list. There's the Igors, and then there's the lunatics. <laughs> And, you know, we talk about, like, this is coming one, with one of the boutique Blu-rays, and we're getting more and more of these unknown releases getting these treatments. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Igor and the Lunatics has a Blu-ray release. Right. Because it looks like it has just madcap whackery and it's... What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. This is, again, where the benefit of having the Blu-ray here, but it just and also it plays off on some of the street tuffery as well. So if I had seen that back in the day, it would have freaked me out. I would have avoided it. <laughs> I would have more distrust for hobos and hitchhikers and hippies. <laughs> so Green Band, TriStar Pictures in 1985 with oh you know what now this is interesting this is, a, is this a bait and switcher this is because truly had they had the confidence in this film mm-hmm. they would have shown a canon, canon logo. logo because in oh, 1985 the spoils of 1985 this is such a goddamn good movie toby hooper god rest his soul gave us more so much more than texas chainsaw massacre yes and this movie on paper oh. if you can say naked space vampires but this movie gave us so much more. Not only did it give us Naked Space Vampires, but it gave us a cool end of the world apocalypse, Patrick Stewart making out with Steve Railsbeck, and a naked Matilda May turning into blood and sucking out entrails and life forces and cool practical special effects with the vampires and the dust monsters it's the- and <laughs> goddamn and Matilda May. Holy if, shit. If you can't tell, we're kind of fans of Life Force. Uh, <laughs> another one that we were able to host, 35mm on the big screen, which plays unbelievably. No, this is, and it's the first of the Hooper trilogy that mm-hmm. he did with Canon Films. And this is one of those, either you get this movie or yeah. you don't. This is super divisive. Everybody's like, what the fuck did I just watch? Did you like it? Yes. And this or is one no. I didn't see on HBO. I think I probably caught this when Cinemax was doing like a free weekend. Yes. Because of the amount of nudity, nudity. in that film. Uh, now... You go from 84 gave us an all-time classic going back to Wes Craven and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And it made them so much money. It did so well that they immediately greenlit a sequel of which Wes was not part of. Yeah. And we get Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. (laughs) Which I'm a fan of. I liked it. I liked it. It's a very interesting take on the whole... uh, Slasher genre. Mark Patton in this film is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know he gets a lot of shit for his little dance scene or what have you, but he's such a good actor and brings a lot of pathos to the film. Yeah. That I had a chance to host this entire, we did a Never Sleep Again marathon, and I had a chance to say, guys, I know this one gets a lot of grief. You are all my children now. <laughs> but there's such good, st- beyond the whole homosexual, the the, the gay subtext, what have you, yeah. I don't, that's, it doesn't matter. There's some good performances going on in there. Good, scary Freddy, too. And a better banjo dog than Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> it doesn't take you out. <laughs> oh, we've got a red band trailer. Uh-oh. What do we got here? Oh, okay. Now this one. What is this? Okay, hold on. Hold on. If this is what I'm thinking of, i got to go back to... I'm going to do my cheat, my, my pull sheet here. This is the Oracle. The Oracle? Again, 
very rare that we've come across films that we're not familiar with, but this is one, when we watched it, uh-huh. we were not familiar with. Huh. And to this day, I have not seen it, but this is what play, preys upon the witch. Ah, uh, and the whole, like, spirit board and playing with, Which like, shit. huge in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Summon Satan that you, way. Well, and the fact that uh, the Ouija board was, I think, was it, is it Parker Brothers? Yeah. That puts it out? <laughs> that ultimately tells you uh, that, you know, ultimate evil does come from the corporations, I believe. Exactly. But this already, this trailer is giving you a little blood. You're getting crazy... Um, you know shenanigans that happen with you know with heavy machinery, uh huh, and then a great logo. Exactly, that is a cool looking oracle. Looks like Knights Templar shit. <laughs> it's 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 a callback, yeah. and that's the beauty of the trailers that were made in this time. There was a craft to them. Exactly, and I'm not saying that there aren't today. But I think in back in the day, like you mentioned, before the internet, this was your chance to promote your material. So you would want to put stuff like that. It looks cool. I want to see this movie. Again, in, in a movie with witches, you got great Whoa, little practical you... fun effects. <laughs> I see this in the theater. I want to watch The Oracle. Yeah. Look at this. It looks like it's something out of street trash. Uh-huh. But classier. And, Classy now, and now it's in hinting at demons. Like this is pulling upon maybe like some of the suspicious. Sus- tropes that was so many years before mm-hmm. and it even look at like the way the light is used. the lighting and then like 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 oh maybe it's in 3d oh if only Whoa. the oracle could play in 3d no. and then be somebody's magical. being sucked into a trash dimension by but a this, monster hand this does look like wow this looks like one of those kitchen american sink argento horror. yeah there we go kitchen sink jello kitchen sink jello well, there we go <laughs> is it's it like chef beauty school Boyardee. it's chef gorardi hey. Just because it's from the can doesn't make it bad. And no, okay? I'll tear some Jeff Gorardi up. Chef Gorardi. You know what? If that hasn't been patented yet, we probably <laughs> should put our name on that. Nightmare Junkhead, Chef Gorardi. American Jello, Chef Gorardi. But I like the fact that this is also playing to not necessarily a tween audience, but to the unrepresented you know, female horror audience. That, that's huge out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes the majority of the horror population. And a killer car. And, well, yeah. Anytime you can incorporate a killer car... Or running down, which a probably with, a hospital with some crazy person with an axe. I was going to say a mall, but you know, I think they just rented it all out, one and the same. But the, also, the other thing is, these are some long ass trailers. This as is well. a long trailer. They're showing a lot of the good stuff. Technically, you're Zombies getting zombies, and but actually, they showed it again. So like, they keep showing the. Wah. Well, again, we're going to use it. We paid for it. It, yeah, come on now. Some gra- that's a great design. Someone put some good thought into that, or even worse. This ain't even a red band warning. The distributor recommends this trailer be viewed by adult audiences oh, only. Well, by the time the OR, oh, well, OR is right, uh, uh-huh. because we're going to get into some mad science. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey well, Combs. Get a job in a sideshow. Just Stuart Gordon's masterpiece, Reanimator, which is a film I I got late to in life on this one. I didn't mm-hmm. get to it in the VHS days. I got to it probably in the DVD days. I got this too on the HBO free Showtime weekend days. It was I think it was I I saw From Beyond first, and then I was like I gotta watch this. See, I think most people went Reanimator then From Beyond. Mm-hmm. So you backwards even better. Uh, this film is has seeped into the popular conscious. Have you seen Reanimator the musical? No, but I heard it's great. It's phenomenal. There is because uh, there's like the Evil Dead musical. There's the Reanimator musical. Um, this is you know the starting point for Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Uh, this movie's mentioned in like American Beauty, and, and of course, Barbara Crampton. Exactly. This this Reanimator has so much. It's fun. It's you forget how mean it is though. It's very funny and it is very mean. And 
There's, That's a mean kill right there, Beans. But it's also kind of funny, too. Just getting stomped on on the door by a naked, like, reanimated bodybuilder guy. And it's technically a take on Lovecraft as well. And mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people, I think, ultimately probably were introduced to Lovecraft. Uh, the fact that it's a Lovecraft's reanimator done by Stuart Gordon, which, honestly, and uh, Dagon is getting ready to get a Blu-ray release through Vestron. That, those are weird, wonderful movies. But this one is, well, this and, one plays weird, even with the, 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 the Hedalingus. And that's that scene out of context in the trailer. You don't know what's happening, but once you've walked through it, you're like, "Ooh, ooh, (laughs) that's scandalous!" Yes, like they can't show that in a red band trailer. Okay, so we're getting like, get a job in a (laughs) sideshow. Such a great (laughs) iconic line, and again from Empire Pictures as well, Mm -hmm. which was you know transitioned from. So there you go, HP HP Lovecraft, the Reanimator. And I'll, I'm going to say this. Uh, ooh, Orion. Oh, God rest their Always soul. good stuff came from Orion. Yes, it did. Oh, 1985 gave us Day of the Dead and great representations of zombies. Because we like it spooky. Oh, yeah, we do. Get, get, the, get the lights. Genius is taking off his clothes again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Return of the Living Dead is one of our our kind of found ship, friend, found ship friendship films, yep. if you will. Um, our love of Linnea. Uh-huh, the, the cries of James Karen. Oh, God, yes. Uh, we've devoted an entire commentary track to this. <laughs> At multiple episodes. We're going to re-release our <laughs> yeah. What's the Score episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a film that I can go on days and days about. There's a reason why we love it, why it has such a cult following, and why it's such a tonal opposite to Day of the Dead. It's a breath of fresh air in the zombie movies for any generation. This is probably one of the absolute best representation of zombies on cinema period it introduced new concepts the fast zombie them eating brains they Mm -hmm. could communicate um it introduced the the idea of these the punks versus the old people there's so much good stuff returned with return of the living dead it spawned a franchise yeah so many franchises speaking of another paramount hmm so paramount now distancing well i wouldn't say distancing itself from friday the 13th because that was it's so funny the that that was like, ship. and they hated that so much. There was their cash cow. They hated the fucking Friday the 13th, the, fucking, the, the house that Jason built. And it's funny because New Line wore the the house that Freddie built like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. But Paramount, well, you know, horror had. Well, piss on the Yankees. Piss on the Confederate. We were over there sitting there making lemonade in your britches. Oh, he, what are you doing, jackass? Oh, he haw, he haw, he always calls me that. Another Stephen King adaptation, <laughs> uh, Silver Bullet, which is this oh. movie is so underrated. This movie is has some genuine scares. It's got some genuinely great comedic moments. Lawrence Tierney getting beat with a baseball bat. The peacemaker, peacemaker, right? It's it's just a good one, and the fact that you got one of the Corys. And good old Gary Busey just classing up the joint. Gary Busey just being himself yes. as Uncle Red. Just a great character. <laughs> yes. Uh, you also got Everett McGill mm-hmm. with The Preacher. And this is a great, it's a fun little werewolf film. Now, I know a lot of people have an issue with the final form of the werewolf. But it's, honestly, that church scene. I thought that was great. Um, and I liked the final form of the werewolf. And the church scene where the woman in the church is playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> werewolves of London. Right. Oh. 
The Stuff. Ah, a Larry Cohen masterpiece, mm-hmm. The Stuff. This one got a release through Arrow uh, Blu-ray video. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Such a weird movie. Anytime you get to have Michael Moriarty in your With film. With a weird action accent. And you want to talk about another character actor where you want them to just be themselves and have fun. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. Um, this and- is such a... Weirdly prescient film, yeah, regarding consumerism, but also at its heart, it's a horror film. Uh-huh. And when the horror it's elements a hit, gory horror film, and Garrett Morris, I said, and <laughs> Garrett Morris. So weirdly enough, the neighborhood I live in, the first week I moved into my house, a street over, he was at a house at a party. That's so weird. It was, and I was like, wait, Garrett Morris, <laughs> SNL guy, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, why? And it, it's our friend uh, um, Hector. <laughs> The guy that uh, did design Nerds of Nostalgia logo mm-hmm. runs with a crazy pro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was. I was like, the chocolate chip Charlie. I lived in a great place here. Can't get enough of that wonderful stuff. Oh. You and again, great practical effects. The melting scenes in this film are horrific. Yeah. They still stay with you. Violence against animals. <laughs> People get fucked up in this movie, and then you have like Larry v- Cohen didn't mess around, and uh, uh, Paul Sorvino just hamming it up. <laughs> and that's what I love. Singing opera, trying to woo. <laughs> he's he's cutting the uh, the stuff really sl- it really slender with the little razor blades, you know, so it liquefies when it yep. hits your tongue. And speaking of weird <laughs> movies in the weird horror genre mix-up movies. Well, if you're a fan of Jeff Goldblum, you're like, wait a minute. What is he? It's like him and Ed Begley Jr. Is this some like environmental like right? shtick? What's, <laughs> what's happening? Is this the fight for the electric car? No. Nope, it's a weird take on the Abbott and Costello the it, movies. It really of the, is. Yeah. So basically, if you take like the road to... The, it's basically the road to Transylvania. Six five thousand. Yeah, if you take the Abbott and Costello and you take those old Bob Hope zany screwball comedy, you got this weird mix-up, and it's re- it's uneven with Gina Ice. Davis. Oh, good. I'm not gonna get creeps and nostalgia here, but that's another one that cemented my usher my <laughs> into manhood. Right now, this is one that I saw on HBO all the time, and if you didn't see it on HBO, you saw the commercial for it on HBO all the time. Transylvania six five thousand. It had that little catchy thing at the end, and this also in 1985 gave us Jeff Goldblum in a a horror film. <laughs> yes. And as we'll see in 1986, he'll return to form, so to speak. In a different form, A yes. different form altogether. I have not seen Transylvania 65000 in a while. I need to revisit it. I don't I, know if it holds up. Well, it's got Jeffrey Jones and oh, Michael well, Richards. That's a little rough. So maybe that might not be the most... Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There might now, be a comment. There so might we, be a commentary. That would be funny as hell. We transition from 1985 to 1986, and we are following up a sequel to a true horror film. Yes. I don't think anyone can argue that Alien is a horror film. Now, Aliens, I can hear the argument that it's not a horror film, but having rewatched it not too long ago, it's a horror film. There's still good horror it's elements in it. It's an action horror film by far. It is. Such a great movie. This is now on Nerds and Nostalgia. Go back. We did an entire uh, episode to the Aliens uh, franchise. Mm -hmm. And again, this is still my favorite film of the franchise. Yes. Because it's the first one I saw. Yeah, same here. But it can switch. But what I love about this trailer is it's technically you don't know it is an actual alien sequel because this is just a new Sigourney until there. Mm -hmm. Until you see the face hugger and you go, oh my God. You're like, oh shit. It's an alien movie. Yeah. 
because this could be just the new Sigourney Weaver Space sci-fi flick. Right. Yeah. And it's at this moment then when, and even the trailer itself builds. And that's what I love about the film. Because it's showing one of the most tense scenes, but it's not giving, it's not, it's giving the intensity, but it's not giving it away. The James Horner score building in the background. And I'll be honest, the beat when, when Oof. Ripley, she gives the head turn. That is a money shot of money shots. Um, it just shows you, like, already everything is amped up yeah. to beyond what we had in Alien. And Bill Paxton's performance as Hudson, God love him. So good. No, so much that I loved about this film and that I still love to this day. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. The reveal, shot, turn. Oh, yeah. goddamn. That's yeah. mean. That's mean. That's so badass. And then you get... This time, it's war. Ah, Even the so tagline good. gets amped up. Oh, Walter am... Hill. I mean, of course oh, it's going to be bombastic. You know it's going to be manly. The, the The story behind the making of Aliens is pretty interesting in and of itself. Um, and another one that's a part of a franchise that expanded, in, evolved, evolved, if you will. Holy shit. Okay, Paramount in 1986, but not a Friday the 13th film, something that you've heard here on the podcast before. A little, another little bait and switch. <laughs> Quite literally that we did mm-hmm. over on Nerds and Nostalgia. Again, go back and listen to our live episode we did of, of this one. Of course, we're talking about a Serbian film. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't realize the remake starred uh, Amy Steele and Deborah Foreman. Right. The lovely Deborah Foreman. Oh, everyone Doo-doo-doo in this. Doo and Amy Steele. This is one of those who's who genre films. And I think... It got a critical dismiss the beginning, a la uh, Halloween three, because ah, uh, spoilers, you know. It's well, and it's well, technically, it's it's in the title. Mm-hmm. It's not April <laughs> Fool's Day, you know. It's <laughs> well, I guess that to the point where people don't want. And again, back in the day. If you invested your time, you didn't have something you could look on your phone to give you an, an advance notice. You know, time was valuable. And I think a lot of people were put off because of the ending of the film. But I think ultimately it makes for a more Mer- rewarding experience yeah. the sex time, second time you watch it. It's like, aha. Uh-huh. And you know what? Even my first time I saw it, I enjoyed it. It was like, ah, you got yep. me. Good job, movie. And, you know? and, and then it's got too j- bad, you're crazy. Too bad, you're loony as hell. I love that intro song. Extra it is song. actually a lot of fun. It's great. Well, and if you're going to distance yourself from the Friday the 13th franchise. Do a 180. Yeah. Pull a total bait and switch. Make your killer uh, a girl. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Spo- <laughs> or not really. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Kind of sort of. But no, a lot of fun. Um, I definitely Def- say. Yeah. See it. If you've never seen it, definitely see it now. If it's been a long time, it's definitely worth a rewatch. All of these films are worth a rewatch. And that's the beauty of it is you're not going to necessarily miss out on anything. Now, we talked Little Monsters in 1985 with Ghoulies. I love the whole Critters franchise. I celebrate the entire catalog. (laughs) I do. And this one is so good. This one's probably the meanest of them all. Um, But it's one of the most simplest ones. And I like the way it's a simple siege film. I like the way it takes almost like (laughs) the purge approach. Starts off with a bottle, then it moves bigger. And then bigger, and then finally, well, lean for you go into space. Are we going to end up with the purge in space? Ah, we should. The Mayo as well, right? <laughs> no, uh, uh, Critters obviously is one of those films that combines so many wonderful little elements of horror, comedy, D. Wallace Stone. And it's cool as shit, too, because you got these shape shifting bounty hunters from space killing Power these. Power of the night. Right? Kill more Krites. <laughs> and you got the, the bumpkins and Billy the, Zane. Billy Zane showing up being an ass. Yes. Ah. Uh, 
It's so good. And then just these iconic little monsters. Great work from the Chiodo brothers. Yes. Little little critters. What are they? They're critters. That's what they do. They roll in the ball. They eat people and they shoot fucking uh, porcupine needles. And in 1986, they were practical. Mm-hmm. If you remake this today, no doubt they're going to be CGI. Let's hope it's not. There's talks of that TV show. So, oh, really? Yeah, of a TV series. Interesting. And they're going to try and go practical. So. I hope they do because I Me think too. it would be a disservice Absolutely. to everything that came before it. Um, just the craft that's involved with all of that. And there is, there's artistry involved in all that. Mm-hmm. So, our next film from 1986. What is this? We are looking at, hold on. We're a comment. Yeah, it's a commentary track with Dead Space. That's never any good. Uh, no, th- oh shit. Okay, so this oh. is from. <laughs> I know what it is now. <laughs> Owen, get that basketball away from me. This... She's not real. Wes Craven produced a lot of really good stuff um, in horror. <laughs> a lot of people don't necessarily like Deadly Friend. I'm a fan. I if saw it only. In the there you I go. saw it in Indian Springs. There you go. I Indian Springs it. represent. And I like cracked up so hard. I even knew that this movie wasn't the best, but I enjoyed it because it's so. Stupid. Well, and you know what? Sometimes fun. one scene can make it worth a viewing. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, the the head explosion in this particular movie. If you ever watched The Goonies and you really hated Mama Fratelli, this is the movie for you. And also, great little bit here with the trailer with Christy Swanson right yeah. there as well. A little introduction to the world. Wow. But uh, that uh, that head explosion scene will go down in the annals it's of fantastic. cinema. It's one of the best head explosion scenes of all it's time. It's top five, right. easily. Right, easily right there, right behind five. Scanners. Maniac. Yeah. Just. <laughs> it's, it's pretty glorious, It's and it's become a meme, you know? <laughs> but it's a mean little film. Um, I rewatched it not too long ago. Uh, now, this is another one that's fun. Um, you know, we are actually pretty big fans of uh, anthology films mm-hmm. on the podcast, and Dead Time Stories is one that I don't think gets a lot of love. And Scream Factory actually put out a Blu-ray not too long ago. This is one I have not seen. This, this one is, is a, this one, and has, I love anthologies, which is weird. You'll dig this one if ultimately, if if only for there's a uh, song that goes along with the film that plays kind of like a little bit kind of a folksy rockabilly thing, but it tells you the entirety of the stories because they fit all these old-time fairy tales like The Big Bad Wolf, nice. uh, Hansel and Gretel, and so forth, but in modernized ways. But it's a lot of fun is the main thing with it. And also it has uh, Scott Valentine. Uh, which from, from My Demon Lover? <laughs> indeed, from My Demon Lover. Uh, he was all over the mid-'80s with yeah, that. And then um, diff- uh, Family Ties uh-huh. as Nick. Uh, but no, Dead Time Stories is a lot of fun, and Melissa, Melissa Leo, Leo, like legit, there's a legitimate actor. Wow! And that again, the beauty of horror films is it was a transitional piece for a lot of people. Huh. You know, for a lot of folks, that was maybe their first official film, and then they would transition into, I guess, more classy work, right? Dun dun, transcending the genre. But you know, let's face it, the horror genre is it's classy. It's it's worth not turning your back on it. I really like the people that can. Oh, here we go. Oh, Ascot says, warning: this film contains scenes which considered shocking. Another red band trailer. We're turning down the lights here. Oh. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. Watch out for helicopters. Watch out. If somebody offers you, if somebody offers in a crazy weird gold mask, offers you a ticket to a movie theater, 
Don't. What take did it. the five talons say to the face? Slap. Where's Rosemary? <laughs> Rosemary, where are you? A film that can only be truly appreciated seen in a theater. But a killer soundtrack. When oh, we showed yes. this in the theater, there were so many what the fucks. It was, there was enough where they were audible that you could hear people go, what? I mean, just. Lamberto Bava's Demons is one of those peak 80s yes. Italian horror films. Yes. Uh, one that's There's great no international in this film. One. No, yeah, this is this is prime like that's prime veal parmesan home, from the home country. Yes, mama, a little Italian woman named Sophia. This is a was film where it. the transformations look like they hurt. Yes, painful. Like there's some genuine, there's some good scares in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slashes are nasty, and then the ending that this movie takes. So what the fuck. There's movies within movies, a wonderful soundtrack, people snorting coke off titties. My my favorite was actually there were certain bits I would go to the side of the theater and I was watching people react and I did see a few legitimate people go, what the fuck? And which was a great legitimate genuine reaction because that's a film that inspires it uh also the sequel itself is a lot of fun Mm -hmm. uh there's a demon three i think it's called the church um so again another one that spawned a franchise now now we're getting prime gold bloom and we're gonna talk about a little bit about david cronenberg's the fly Um, don't dream it we like to say there's three eras of cronenberg Mm -hmm. you get as you just referenced what we'd call Creepy Cronenberg. Yeah, creepy Cronenberg. You also got classic Cronenberg, mm-hmm. and then you would find yourself in contemporary Cronenberg. And what I love about The Fly is it's a great combination of almost all of those. All of them, uh-huh. Because it is very creepy, and you do get all the body horror, and you do get all the weird tones. And, and... Chris Wallace's effects work in this film earned him an Academy Award. Yeah. And obviously, when you have a fly mutant thing delivering so much pathos in the end, spoilers, when he pulls the gun to his head. It's so sad. It is so sad. It's so the sad. Howard Shore score in it elevates it as well this is a film that if you want to watch like you want to introduce people to classy horror yeah but i no 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 it's it's advanced studies no no yeah they just showed the pulling pulling his fingernails off oh god i was like oof i wasn't wincing at what you're talking you're 100 right i was just like oof just thinking about like pulling fingernails and what i love is a friend of the podcast uh, the corpse oh god i'm sorry that's disgusting uh heather wixon from the corpse club podcast pointed out a recent rewatch she's like stannis is kind of right in a lot of things which is so funny when you watch it again yeah because he's he's kind of the voice of reason more than anything but reason has no affair in the heart and cronenberg craziness Mm -hmm. and this film is genuinely scary sad it's so good and i want to also the sequel is also a lot of fun as well. I enjoy the sequel. It's as gory and mean. Um, Chris Stoltz is great in it. Yeah. But, you know, either one, sequel or original, anytime you have like a weird Cronenberg birthing scene. You're, oh, you're oh that scene at the end. And this is uh, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum were a real life couple. I think they met the year before on Transvaganza 65,000, nice. surprisingly <laughs> enough. So there's genuine chemistry there. Now, okay. Well, here. So let's see here. And that was, yeah. <laughs> again. Paramount, Paramount in the 80s. We mm. just did The Fly. Mm-hmm. What could be another one with the F there? Well, let's. we're back in the graveyard. Friday the 13th, part six. My Jason personal Liv. favorite one. Is it? Yes. This is one we had the chance again. We did a live episode of a Nerds of Nostalgia, and it plays so well mm-hmm. still with a crowd. Uh, another one that after the, the controversy of part five uh-huh. steered the ship. 
And this one said, like, right here, Jason lives. It's in the He's title. back. Like with uh, Halloween 4, the return, return of Michael of Mike Myers. Myers. <laughs> it's the return of Jason. It's okay, guys. It's not the return of Roy. Right. <laughs> Although, one day I would like to see the return of Roy, like a, a zombie Roy versus zombie Jason. I'd be I'd be down with that. I know that Jason would win, but it's in a good fight. And so from Danny Steinman, we go to Tom McLaughlin. And so we get this as a bit... This takes a turn because this is technically a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely a horror comedy. There's so many moments of levity and funniness. In the title sequence itself, when Jason turns and it becomes a 007 parody, either you're in or you're out. Mm -hmm. And if you're in, you're going to have a good time because it's got a great body count. Uh There's some good kills in it, but there's not the gory kills that we come to expect. And where the red light goes, you bang. (laughs) <laughs> However, speaking of kills, that whole it's not gory, but it is gory where he just twists the cop. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's in the sound. Just mm-hmm. A couple of uh some maybe some uh broccoli little stalks there. Another Empire Jam is upon us. So the one you saw initially with From Beyond here, I this one I came to a little bit late, but this is probably one of my the one I prefer between Reanimator and From Beyond. Because it's so heady and gross and gooey and weird and it's kind of giggity giggity ken Forey shows up in this one as well you get ken Forey in his skivvies <laughs> mm-hmm. which is something you didn't think you needed in your life <laughs> right uh, another great barbara crampton performance yeah. uh, and she really gets to play uh just very interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we we already got to the uh the wet towels there with uh part two actually we didn't even touch upon marshall bell <laughs> and no. our love of that particular scene <laughs> But the protect the uh, the practical effects worth with uh, Doctor Pretorius yes. is such a creepy villain. He's he's so he was skeevy before yeah. he was like a monster. Well, speaking, speaking of skeevy, Jesus, holy shit! A Henry. film that's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, to a film fun for the that, family. Yeah. <coughs> Gather around, kids. You're gonna watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh boy. <laughs> It's not something that you would see on like Ooh. National Geographic, uh, you know, inside. This is a film that is so divisive with people yeah. that I think is one of those films ultimately that you would have seen in an art house back in the day and a film that put Henry Rooker on the map. This, uh, Michael Rooker see, is... Michael Rooker, Henry <laughs> Rooker, shit. The Rook's going to kick your ass. <laughs> no, but uh, no, this movie, it's one of the tough movies to watch i watched it once and i would if you were like hey we got to watch it for the next bracket the, all right give the, me a minute yeah i gotta i you gotta, gotta train it, yourself this, for one, it. this one's a hard movie i mean it's a he great and Tom movie towels in yeah. this flick are heinous in their approach it's such a weird character study on how actually how you no matter how hard you try you're still going to be who you are and it's sad. Well, especially the ending. Yeah. He, he is who he is. Yeah. To borrow a phrase from Popeye. <laughs> but there it's... are scenes in here that, and especially even like the home invasion scene, and you get it here in the trailer when he's like, I want to watch it again. Yeah. You can't, like, on the on the page, I guess it reads as funny, but you still, there's no levity there. But it's such a dirty movie, but you can't help but keep fixating on it well no because it's, it, it's it's john mcnaughton it's a it's a classic the score is phenomenal but just the performance itself it feels real just, yeah that, that's the that's the thing it feels 100 real and Ugh. that's what makes it so it, hard to watch the complexity of the stuff you're getting in 85 and 86 yeah from the dollar store to the grindhouse to the art house horror is well represented mm-hmm. 
And then... Holy shit. You go to the halfway this, house. Yeah, this is what happens if the shape didn't know how to drive and he had to hitchhike his way to Haddonfield. This is the missing, this is the missing deleted scenes. John Ryder is the shape in one of my favorite pseudo-slasher films, uh, The Hitcher. This is why we can't have nice things. Hippies and hitchhikers and hobos, they're going around fucking shit up. And first of all, I don't care if you're the nicest guy in the world. I don't know if I'd pick up a wet, mean Rutger, Rutger Hauer, you know, on a deserted highway. Although I know you'd be in for shenanigans. I don't know what shenanigans you'd want. It would be lost like tears and rain, apparently. <laughs> or a blind fury. Well, and uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh, one of my favorite actors, her, spoiler alert, death scene, you don't see it, but you hear it. This movie and is it is horrible. Oh, this is a mean terrifyingly movie. Terrifyingly mean. Mom told me never to do this. Yep, well, lessons learned, kid. Mm-hmm. He says it at the very beginning. At the very beginning, he crosses that line. And Rutger Hauer is a force of nature yeah. in this film. John Ryder is frightening. This is one of my favorite. This would pair interesting with like Blind Fury. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite horror films from 86. This is a prime example of the scariness of the real world. Well, well and it's a hybrid reality because he, but like, he's a monster, but. He, that's why we can't have hitchhikers. <laughs> that is exactly why. There probably there's been very few cases of hitchhiker death, but the one that they show on the screen sticks with you. It says it calls you all the way back to the house. Oh yeah, and a lot of uh, horrors in the home, uh, home, home-based horror here. This is a film I always had a lot of fun with. Me too. I saw it in the theater at Indian Springs, and I remember seeing, like, really enjoying that little puppet. And you're no good, you're no good, and just the fact. Like the the whole weird woo, just the whole weirdness of it. Well, that entire tool shed scene, the, the, again, the great use of practical effects, uh, the puppetry of it. It's it had an Evil Dead feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's another film I remember f- distinctly feeling that weird tonal shift between comedy and horror that I wasn't familiar with at that time. And these were those films that were my introduction that oh, comedy and horror are the same thing. And it walks that fine line like Evil Dead too, and then. But then in part two, it goes more towards the comedy. <laughs> yeah. But it's still a great movie. I actually enjoy part two as well. Me too. It's one. It, they're totally different. Yeah. And if you know that in advance, you're fine. Ah, we're getting another Red, red Band trailer. Let's see what kind of naughtiness we get. Oh, no. Well, it's not so much naughtiness as just pure terror as r- nature runs amok. And it is the uh, the attack on the Kilimanjaro there. Mountain it is the, in the shadow of shadow Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. What? The 80s had this weird... Fascination with killer monkey movies. Yes. In fact, there was a a plethora mm-hmm. of killer primates that came out. And it's interesting. Even just nature run amok itself. In the, our last Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, we got to talk about Jaws 2 and Piranha. And this one, the pure terror involved with the oh, real these crazy shots. monkeys. Like roar, <laughs> but for like bananas. But... <laughs> That's a scary one as well, Roar. Uh, no, this like that. That's scary. That yeah. image right there. That to me is genuinely but, terrifying. But the thing is, I've always wanted like a monkey pet, but I don't know if I'd want like a herd of monkeys. No, like, they're eating that dude. They will tear your face off. Yeah, there's a reason they're not supposed to be kept as pets. And Rice, uh, Jonathan Rice Davies. <laughs> Indy's not going to be able to take you out of this one. Yeah, this <laughs> is better, worse than the Battle of Helm's Deep. Professor from the Slider and my axe against these monkeys. I love that dude. He's great in everything. Well, he he brings a touch of class to your picture, mm-hmm. and even good good old fashioned genre fare like this, he's in. It and- makes it classy. Terrorizing school children, 
That see, that's what happened at the Oprah school that's, that they didn't want anybody to hear about. This like, is the film Oprah Winfrey does not want you to see. Yeah. And you would probably get something like that in the marketing as well with a film like this. <laughs> um, there's a lot of the films, uh, like you know, even going beyond like with Alligator or Razorback, yeah. but anything that's but out in the wilderness. Yes, where you're cut off from civilized society <laughs> but seriously you had the kilimanjaro then you had uh link and then you had monkey, monkey shines, shines and then you had a whole bunch of other like and the fact that even the the rage virus in 28 laters was, it started with monkeys. a monkey so primates have always been a thorn in our side right. in the horror film <laughs> but a lot of it also is technically like, if our you want to go cousin. back to the uh exactly the 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 night of the living dead we're them and they're us. Exactly. <laughs> Just more well-groomed, I guess. <laughs> Less ticks. But technically, anything like this is you can always play on the the hint that it may happen. I want to see that because I like crazy monkey movies. And it's it's technically an exploitation flick as well, which you monkey gotta exploitation. love. Yeah, the fact that that technically has a genre. Oh, we're getting seal something of approval. Good. We got the canon seal of approval coming <laughs> Why up. Why we didn't get it on Life Force, but we're getting on the second of Toby Hooper's Which is such canon a trilogy. Weird. He had such a weird flavor of his trilogies. Because this one is 100% an homage to the 50 original remake. This could be something that could be served as gateway horror yeah. with Invaders from Mars, his remake. This is bloodless. It's absolutely bloodless. It's scary um but it's the... got those kind of scares though that i think that would work for kids uh-huh it, uh, the 50s good scares like oh he's disappeared and then it's got the the best representation of crying there's ever been on screen i'm gonna call my likeness rights <laughs> Shredder, we're gonna invade the small town a-e-i-o-u it has some good old-fashioned old-school effects mm -hmm. uh karen black is great in this um, just yeah, the whole, is. the idea of the paranoia of being replaced, uh, we've talked about, that comes up all the time. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it is family-friendly Toby Hooper. And those big weird creatures. And eating frogs. The frog-eating yeah. scene is great. No, it's definitely his his love letter to 50s sci-fi and horror. And this was a very well-made remake. It, it is. It stuck with the tones exactly and right. it's sandwiched between just two batshit crazy films exactly. that he put out exactly but kind of it shows you the the complexity of toby hooper mm -hmm. and i think he's he he's still not gets just a there bad to rap. torture marilyn burns no exactly <laughs> oh good luck now it, we're not alphabetically wrong here folks uh this shouldn't be in the seas uh before chopping mall was chopping mall it officially started as killbots which i think is a better title personally i would see kill there's beef I mean, you got such... Any film when you add beef you is always good. Great good. Roger Corman things going on. It's, it's such... A, it's a Futterman. You got the Futterman curse right there. Go back and check out our Chopping Mall commentary we did, which was a lot of fun. Uh, this this film is fun. Yes. It's lean. It is mean. It gives you Barbie Cram Barbara Crampton, uh -huh. Kelly Mulroney. The lovely Kelly Mulroney. Uh, and it's got... Uh, Paul uh, Bartel and, and Mary Warnoff and like contains a... another great exploding Head explosion. So good. And it has mall shenanigans <laughs> in a mall, mm -hmm. which is a lost art and kids <laughs> yes. these days won't get. But you can't have shenanigans at Amazon Prime. Right. <laughs> it doesn't work. You can have shenanigans at the mall where you could run around and get zapped and then ultimately kill bots. But also this particular mall, what's kind of cool with it is the one that Commando shot in. 
And uh, wasn't it also Fast Times at Richmond High? And didn't they do uh, Night of the Comet in this one too? I, it may have been that one. Uh, that one I'm not sure. Which would be crazy for Kelly Mulroney. Mm-hmm. Oh, a, I know how exactly. No, this is more like the back of my hand. <laughs> no, there I've, are some good kills too. There are no. It's it's a lot of fun, but there is no chopping involved. And like you said, it's ultimately kind of it's the that's a kind of a bait and switch. Yeah. Now, Chopping Mall is a great title. Because it is, but even like in the posters, it had like all the body parts in a bag and a human hand, and it has nothing to do with that. It's just, it's a robot, kill bots. Well, and even the way they, it zaps them, it's almost kind of like the equivalent to a wet wet towel. Just <laughs> the, <laughs> ha, 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 nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall kill Bell's bots. doing the other jan- janitorial duties, like, nope, I'm out of here. They should do a double feature with kill bots and kill dozer. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Too much kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Lauren, uh-huh. Lauren's still entrance group. Uh, we're at the kills. Uh, oh no! No oh, one feels no. the screen oh, okay. like him. Yeah, he is a this legend. is again nature run bigger than life. It's King Kong. Where's your? Where's the VHS of King Kong lives? Smiley, it's overdue. Smiley. That's a nice deep cut from a little film called The Big Hit, which I'd probably actually rather watch than King, King Kong. Kong Lives. <laughs> it's nothing. No, it's just it didn't work. There's no. You can't have a King Kong with a lackluster King Kong. You can't have a King Kong movie with a whack ass King Kong. It, it it doesn't work. It didn't work, and that's okay. It's no fault of its own. Hey, uh, now oh now this particular Speaking film, of Killer Monkey movie. You talk about Kong the lives. the revenge genre. This is so weird. This one looks like if if, if the, the Golden Girls, if the Lifetime, this is a Lifetime movie. Lifetime revenge was, film. Before there was Lifetime movies. This First Wives Club here, uh, this and it's even played with the, the font and the title that goes along with it. Uh, it's I'll be honest, it's one, it's the Ladies Club. It's I haven't seen it before. And this is another one that we were not familiar mm-hmm. with. But I'll be honest, based on the power of the trailer alone. I want to see it. And then when I looked, because look at that. It looks like the Babysitter's Club font. <laughs> Again, we'll talk, we'll go, go back to the Oracle to this one. There is power in your font. Mm-hmm. Because I see that, and I know this is a, a horror trailer compilation. I'm like, okay, I need to know a little bit more it about this. Like fucking Sweet Valley High. But like, it's just a bunch of like, like a woman's book club that go around killing people. And that's the killer bad guy from, that's one of the goons from Dark Man and Swamp Thing and uh-huh. Don't Go in the House mm-hmm. and ultimately what it is is they capture all these guys that have done them wrong and they basically castrate them and that is that's the premise of the film so uh. it gets nasty now I, I haven't seen so I don't know how much gore is involved but it's basically they, they kind of cut them and then release them back into the wild that's awesome with the Babysitter Club font with the Babysitter Club font, right. indeed. It's like, what do you have to do to get into the club? Well, you know, you got to make a cut, apparently. <laughs> do you make the cut? Right. It won't cost you an arm and a leg, but... <laughs> uh, but it just speaks to the power of and the complexity of the films that were available in 1986. And it's always a nice surprise when we come across these films, because it's like, again, oh, shit. I didn't realize this yeah. existed. How did we miss this particular film? And this looks like a like you go girl kind of movie. Oh, Just it's, a, like... it's a straight. I'm sure it's a straight empowerment film, mm-hmm. but it's going to give you that horror edge and the, <laughs> <laughs> the horrible cut and snip down there. The la- and even the fight. It's it classy. Lo- it looks like it would be like at the ladies' club, a tale of rivalry. You know, <laughs> just like 
there was a lot of shoulder pads involved, I think, with that particular film. And again, here we go. Another, and we're going back to the well here with another. uh, This is the other killer primate film from 1986. Uh, This one was Link. Mm -hmm. The 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 but the uh, pyromaniac monkey movie. Yes, it was because you remember the VHS cover. Yeah, yeah, with the with the match. I saw this at Indian Springs. I told you I love monkey movie movies. Uh, Come, kneel before Link. When you get Terrence, Terrence Stamp, Stamp, you got a killer monkey movie from Canon. And you got Elizabeth Shue classing the joint up. You can't go, okay, oh, killer and monkeys. He would get jealous. And yes, he, he was would. The butler. He formed a relationship. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You got helper monkeys. Well, hell, you had a killer Unhelping. monkey in Creepers as well. Uh-huh. We didn't give him a shout out. They were all over oh. the place. Because there's something scary about an intelligent thing that's, that's technically like us. That and, of course. Yeah. It's and stronger than us, and it 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 fears no man. Mm-mm. And also, I love the fact that, that it goes fuck shit up. It goes like Macho Man Randy Savage on that car. Which Ooh, is, yeah, if you want to be the top banana. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another film that had like uh, Cujo, where you had him stuck in a car as well. A lot of violence in cars with these killer animal films. Link, not not from Zelda either. <laughs> <laughs> Quite different. Now, okay, we got PG-13 horror again. We opened up the commentary track with The Bride. Geffen, oh, we're going to get musical here on this one. This is now Little Shop of Horrors. We have the Corman version. Mm-hmm. We have the version from 86. And they're getting ready to remake it. Really? Yes. But I'm feeling confident because the writer is Matt Robinson. Um, just I'm a fan of the podcast to get up on this. He's the co-host. But he was also the writer and director of... Um, Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, the li- the invention of lying. Mm. So I he and he he reveres this film, uh, the performances. Shoo-ba. But the only thing that I think we're gonna miss out on, as we mentioned it before, it's gonna be CGI. Fetches. Yeah, Audrey Two is a just a landmark in puppetry. Uh huh. It's how a, they it, put it, it put them together, put her together. Frank Oz, the way he did what he created. I mean, and then the 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 songs. Look like the bed crocker and move like down the bridge. Alan ah. Green is wonderful in this <laughs> film. Steve Martin, uh, Rick Moranis. <laughs> and you'll be a dentist. Be a dentist. You'll get off on the pain I inflict. <laughs> Bill Murray showing up. So yeah. many side characters. This was a lot of fun. Um, but what do you prefer? Do you prefer the original or do you prefer the remake? I, oh, I prefer the remake. By far, by far, I like the original. It's all right, but like, it's not the same. I'm a big musical fan. Like as the theater spooky kid growing up, I loved it. Shoop, wow, right? But it's the songs are great. The songs are wonderful. They're and the, catchy. And the puppet, like the, you said, the, the this the Audrey majesty of is, Audrey too is alive in this film. Do you like the, oh, the edited version or the the alternate ending or the original For a ending? musical, I like the original because I would prefer more of a happy ending. I do like the premise of the original, though, that you you can't stop Audrey. Right. It just takes over the world. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of fun. And it's one of those films that I think gets better with age. Uh, but I am rooting for Matt Robinson's remake of that. But it works so good because it's timeless. It, it truly. It's set in the 50s, but it's like. Well, Real. in the eighties, they were always paying homage to the fifties. There was that was where the nostalgia came from. Oh shit! Another De Laurentiis. Oh, yeah, De, De, La De Laurentiis actually had an interesting run of films. And now this particular one, though, with Michael Mann's um, Manhunter, this is. I still I, have to see it. It's, I, it's, I like Michael Mann. I like Hannibal Lecter. I like 
I like uh, William Peterson. I like uh, the people who are in it. Joan Allen is great in it. And when you think about um, uh, the the fairy, the 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 little good lord, tooth fairy, tooth fairy. Thank you. Um, and it's he's portrayed. Oh Jesus Christ, uh, Tom Noonan, mm-hmm. and just scary as all get out. But I would. I'll, I'll listen to the argument of this being a horror film, but it's definitely more of a crime thriller. Mm-hmm. But I will actually, you know what? Since I include Silence of the Lambs as a horror film, I have no problem including this because you, you talk about some. Inagata Devita had some interesting um, time to toil this year in '86 because mm-hmm. there's a great scene in this film set almost to the entirety of Inagata Devita. And then you got that great reference in an upcoming Toby Hooper film from 1986 as well. Yeah. Uh, but this film is beautiful to look at. Uh, Michael Mann just kind of soaks in the neon. Uh, the, the camera almost becomes a character, how it kind of takes things in. Uh, again, Joan, uh, Joan, uh, Joan Allen is wonderful in the film. Um, it's intera- it's, but it is an art film, yeah. straight up. But it has a lot of great elements in it. Um, also, Dennis Farina shows up in this. I like Dennis Farina. Everyone loves Dennis Farina. Um, and this is technically a lot of people's first introduction to um, Hannibal Lecter. And you have the one and only uh, Brian Cox. Who is awesome in everything he does. Fucking Brian Cox, character he, actor. He you, you throw him in your genre film, he classes the joint up. He's yeah, kind of he like a, a classy uh, an American. Clancy Brown? Uh, well, I was going to say a British Udo Kier. <laughs> <laughs> but you find him in other, you know, very genre fare. Uh, no, it's it's definitely well worth your watch. Check it out. And uh, again, Scream Factory put out a great Blu-ray. And another Dude, De Laurentiis. They were all over the, the same now. Ha. Ha <laughs> I unironically love this movie. Maximum Overdrive is a film that I will first and foremost say I know is not a good movie. Professional bumpkin Stephen King. (laughs) I'm Stephen King and I'm coked out of my mind for this film. (laughs) Even in this trailer, I don't even know what the hell's going on. When you can kill a whole baseball team with vending machines, it's fucking glorious. (laughs) When you kill a kid with a steamroller. Yes. And he famously does not remember shooting this film. Uh, one of the things that I love about Maximum Overdrive is the score. The soundtrack is all ACDC. Uh-huh. Uh, Curtis, it's, don't make me a widow on my wedding day. Uh, it's it's a it's a skeezy film. It's a sweaty film. Mm-hmm. Like this would pair well with Freddy uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. This with a sweat department. <laughs> um, but it's also I love in the the trailer that he's calling out all the people that have done his films before. So it's like, John Carpenter, I'm calling you out. David Cronenberg, I'm calling you out. Stanley Kubrick, I'm calling you out. I'm going to do it myself. But get just, Pat Hingle. <laughs> the weapons cachet under there, I just... That's the Dixie boy? I flat out expected, like, um, what's his buck from uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives to show up. Fucking Guy Fieri. <laughs> I'm going to take. I'm gonna drive this Green Goblin all the way to Flavortown. And speaking of the Green Goblin, that because that's why everyone knows Maximum Overdrive. Another load of joy, man. Shit. Another, how we missed that app, missed that one on our Killer Car episode. Yep. Uh, yep. Abby pointed I'm that one out. Myself. I know. It kicking was, myself. It was there in the tagline. Uh, I have fun with this film. I like. I said I ironically love this movie. I if, think it's it, just. So... It could be a few minutes shorter. It does lose some pacing issues in the middle there, but, but... it's so much fun. I'll watch this commercials without commercials. 
just anytime they're like, oh, it's Maximum Overdrive. Music by, even in the logo and the font, it's their music by ACDC. And you, you get, made who? You get their original font. That means you've got clout. Mm-hmm. I think the only other ones I had that was Queen and yeah. Flash Gordon Highlander, where you get the original font. All right, New World Pictures. This late in the game, Mountaintop, Mountaintop Motel Massacre. The alliteration is great. This falls in the pantheon of the massacre films. Like and microwave massacre and nail gun massacre, slumber party massacre, of, slug bug. <laughs> of which I okay, wet t-shirt massacre. What? Yeah, that was gonna be the follow-up. I I I'll be I have not seen this one. I saw it way back in the day, but it's been a long time. I remember seeing it as a VHS cover distinctly, <laughs> but that's all I remember of it. This is an unfunny sleazy motel hell. That's what I assume. Yeah. I want to see it again though because it's a low rent sleazy motel. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna scrape the bottom of the barrel, might as well fucking do it with like fun. And it looks like it's got a bunch of killer old people too. So, gotta go <laughs> exploitation. <laughs> oh man, no way, Jose. I don't know. I've always liked but fear sleeping in sketchy motels. I mean, like, I would rather, like, my hotel experience be, like, a nice hotel. But if I got to stay in, like, a sketchy one, I want to stay in a real sketchy one. Like the fucking clown motel. (laughs) But not one where I'd get, like, bed bugs or something. But, like, I don't know if I'd want Supernatural, but I would rather have, like, an old lady, like... Psycho killer our, than like the evil twins. Our continued apologies to Adam Green and his initial experience here. <laughs> that wasn't us. Ah, oh. ah, uh, another fantastic, great film that <sighs> checks off so many boxes in genres. Mm-hmm. This is a film that is a, a buffet of greatness. And we're uh, gonna thrill you. We will thrill you. Night of the Creeps. Uh, this is what we've done a commentary track. This is one of probably one of our all time favorite films. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's a fr- it's a shame that Fred Decker didn't get to do more in the genre in the genre world because you've got this, you've got Monster Squad, you know, and you've got RoboCop three. And I understand he was put in a no win situation with that film. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that he gets to come back strong with Predators. I think so. I mean, it, it's going to be great. I mean. I, it's a Predator movie, but this is Night of the Creeps. Tom Atkins. How much Detective Cameron. Screaming like banshees. This so film is good. funny. It's scary. It's gory. It's got great effects. It's got uh, some amazingly quotable lines. This is one Speaking of Speaking of. What's the bad? They're dead. They're dead. Perfect. That's the kind of stuff that sticks with you, that sticks with me, that is a reason this is a film that we still talk about so many years later. This is one of those movies that was made for horror fans by horror fans, and it's just a great experience by all. It's oh, not this one where is, it's too winky. No, it's just a not wonderful at all. horror film. This and it works so freaking well. It's one of my all-time favorites. Go and check out our commentary track mm-hmm. we did for it, which was a lot of fun. You there's a lot of shenanigans that can go on in the world of Night of the Creeps. Yes. Now this Atlantic Releasing Corporation. So this next film is would have 
totally giving me nightmares because if you go back to any of uh, our podcasts, Nightmare Junkhead or Nerds of Nostalgia, you know because of certain movies, I had a fear of the downtown area in any city. Mm-hmm. And it was built around what I would call street toughs. Is this Nomads? This is Nomads. Holy shit. I never saw that movie, but I remember this trailer freaked the fuck me out. That freaked me the fuck out. And do you remember this one also had that great VHS cover had as that well? Scary cover, and that's Pierce Brosnan. That's Remington fucking Steel. And this is right before he broke. This is about the time Remington Steel broke big. Man, and this is long before James Bond showed up, and then where everyone knew him for that. This is back when you could get Pierce Bronson to do a genre horror film. And this particular film is all about supernatural street toughs. If street toughs were bad enough, dude. They can get you from the grave, and that's really <laughs> messed up. Uh, but <laughs> And they look, and I think that's actually, what's his bucket? Uh, Bender from Cyborg. Yeah, it looks which, like him. <laughs> I like this world. Which is getting, actually, that's getting a friggin' uh, Blu-ray from Scream Factory, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, but no, let's face it, anytime that you introduce street toughs, to a situation in any film, whether yeah. it was a comedy, whether it was a drama, it heightened the tension for me. And now that they can get you and like, do they possess people's bodies or? I, it's been so long since I've seen this and I probably blocked it out of my memory right? for the most part. Just, you know, it's doing me a solid so I don't have any kind of like <laughs> thousand yard stare going on with everything. I always avoided this and even the trailer itself. Um, I saw the commercial for it in HBO constant rotation for nomads, nomads coming on at, at seven only at night had a crazy scary cover and again john mctiernan uh who gave us die hard and predator huh <laughs> dipping his toe in the horror genre metro golden mayor you mgm you don't see a lot of of that oh god and so we're getting ready to hit a run of sequels because you know <laughs> gave us a lot of sequels <laughs> God is in mm. his holy temple. This would be a good um, double feature with Silver Bullet for creepy double, creepy preacher double for preachers. Yes, Poltergeist two, divisive. Let's face it, Poltergeist is uh, one of the all time great. I like Poltergeist two. I do too. This scared me. Not only the fact kept me away from creepy preachers, but it gave me (laughs) kept me away from tequila shots until I would drink the worms. And then even when I do drink the worms, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to Craig T. Nielsen it and it's going to be horrible. And then they're going to be like, because I'm smart. The effects work. There you get the effects work in this film when he spits him out and then he evolves and they actually put in an amputee guy that does professional stunt work. He's well known in Hollywood. He does stuff like that all the time because he's the one that does the one in the night of living. Return Mm -hmm. of the Living Dead. yeah. The, oh. Speaking of special effects, like you said it before, man. Steve Johnson doing no. top shelf work. God. Oh god, yeah. Just <laughs> the man that played Reverend Kane is true. Yeah, Julian Oh Nightmare god. Man. Yeah. As you said, yeah, God is the, the most the best special effects <sighs> worker. And Zeldabrabenstein. <laughs> this place was not clean. Now that movie definitely gave me nightmares and still does. He's he's haunting in that one. Yeah, he is. <laughs> No, now from uh, one sequel. Let's see here. Oh, nope. Sorry, I got my my orders no, messed up on that one. Yeah, nope. There we go. That's a sequel. And another one that uh, Psycho Two, I think, is getting a really interesting critical reevaluation. Uh, Tom Holland, Tom Holland wrote it, mm-hmm. um, so it's got good pedigree. Psycho Three is interesting because this is the one that actually. Um, 
Anthony Perkins got to direct. Yeah, Psycho, what, Psycho Three was the one three. where it goes back on back in time, wasn't it? No, that's part four. It was a kind of a prequel. Ah, Mick Garris did that one. Ah, the finest hair in horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Psycho Psycho Two's got. I haven't seen Psycho Three in a long time. It's been a minute since I've seen any of the Psycho movies except for the first one. Psycho Two is definitely worth a rewatch, and Psycho, of course, it's Psycho. It's psycho, yeah. You you cannot go wrong with Psycho. And actually, again, the second one is quite good as well. So we go from Psycho 3 to... Is this Raiders of the Video Dead? This is Raiders of the Living Dead, yeah. This is a film that I think I saw once back in the VHS days because I had a cool cover. And then when I ultimately see What's-His-Bucket from A Christmas Story in the toy, I'm like, well, what kind of film am I watching? (laughs) Because they told it's like they it's like almost they shot two different films and then interspliced them together and just which like honestly it, happens quite a bit more than you'd realize in a lot of the films that we're going to see here. But this movie is almost prime for mystery science theater. Yeah, it does this really is, lend itself to that. This is this is one of those movies. If you like those, if you unironically like the mystery science movie theater movies that they watch. Go ahead and check this one out. Yeah, we triple dog dare you. Yeah, but if you like the Mystery Science Theaters because you want a Mystery Science Theater, this is a good one to do it. And I'm not necessarily saying that anyone enjoys this film. It has bad taste by any means because everyone, you know, our obviously subjectivity <laughs> yeah, of it. Exactly. But... You like what you like. If you like this movie, go for it. If you like to make fun of this movie, go for it. I think this movie is ridiculous. Like, look at that. Well, it looks like something Uwe Boyle would have done, you know, for his house. Maybe this is actually the inspiration he got for his House of the Dead remake. And then even the trailer. What happens when a boy with a magical laser gun fights an army of the living dead? Find out this night on NBC just after an all-new Just Shoot Me. It's it it is what it is, you know. And again, again, the beauty the young Scotty and the complexity of horror in the eighties. Exactly, you got all sorts of stuff, so it didn't matter. Um, this next one now, oh, and again, you want to talk about films that you would never think would get a Blu-ray, any kind of restoration, but a film that I believe Rex Reed said was the most horrifying thing he'd ever seen, and Gene Shalit said, <laughs> "I saw a piss get priest on." <laughs> That's the only the only praise he'll shower upon the film, if you will. A golden shower. Yeah, Rawhead Rex, interesting film. Uh, I haven't seen it on uh, the restoration, but I can't imagine it bodes well because even like on the VHS days, you notice that the effects themselves were not that great. Um, there's some interesting imagery and some with themes this. in it, but. Like right there, that's actually kind of a great little grand epic shot. Uh, also, a uh, property based on Clive Barker, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Hence the priest pissing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, again, we live in a day and age where that gets a Blu-ray release. Ah, well, Vestron Video, they have some really good boutique Blu-ray releases, which have several we've done commentary tracks for. Ah, this is the, this is the kind of the high school revenge slasher uh. trope here. Uh, this one should be let's shenanigans. See Slaughter High, yeah, Slaughter High. Now, this is one of those films that I would have caught back on the USA Up All Night days. Uh huh. I've only seen this on USA Up All Night. I, I don't think and I've that's ever just seen it. it I un- don't think I've seen it unedited. Yeah. And if I recall, I think they actually did release this on Blu-ray. So this should have its own special edition, which I can only imagine loaded it with <laughs> Nerdlinger. Yeah. <laughs> The bra bomb will work. 
No, but this is obviously that trope, and you saw this throughout. There's Return to Horror High. Uh-huh. Uh, shit, even in class of 1984, the high school setting after dark becomes a scary place. Even Terror Train, they're all they're all on that train for a prom and school based and school based horror shenanigans at their finest. <laughs> you, again, it's a, 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 you're gonna get some gore if you as a long and again a lot of that stuff would <laughs> get cut out of. Also, you know that's the other thing is a great lasting horror icon mask yeah that's a cool looking the gesture the little gesture thing it's scary looking yeah, it's it truly is. scary looking <laughs> damn it skippy and a great little scary shot there at the end mm-hmm. that's i might have to go and check out the blu-ray if i can find i it might used. have to too when you if we can get it we'll check it out because that looks fun yeah. and i want to see unedited uh, yeah, that's just it there's so many of those films i was introduced through uh, through USA Up All Night, and then I was lucky enough to I had a cousin worked at a video store, and so I could you know get a hold of this. Ah, Mary Warrenoff, Mary Warrenoff, and Beef Graham Garrett, and and Royal Dano, and John Grease. Uh, this movie has Terror Vision is such a fun movie that I don't know how you can not enjoy this film. It's it, the monster itself is just so goofy, and then I watched the Medusa's eyes turn green by my own reflection. I've never seen such a great intro song. Mm-hmm. It gives love to the horror host. Uh, Diane Franklin is wonderful in this film. John yep. Carbeekler's creation is fantastic. It's in the it's metal. So, it's so ridiculous. Well, it's it's an empire film. Yeah. You know you're going to have fun with it. It doesn't take itself seriously. I mean, the alien showing up to save them. Mm-hmm. It's pure lunacy, and it's gooey. It's gory. The- <laughs> it's awkward, that whole, like, just doing my job. <laughs> that whole bedroom scene. I'm talking about L'Amour. <laughs> I dare you to not have fun with this film. Yeah. And even the infectious nature of the opening, like you said, the theme song. It's so good. do 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 Terror vision. And also the fact that this film doesn't really end on a happy no, note. No. It technically the creature the, is a monster. Yes. Spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh but no, oh I love and Tit Nicolou, he's actually gonna be at uh, Crypt Crypt uh Crypticon this year. Oh, that's awesome. You're gonna Terror Vision. Yeah. If it's not stuck in your head, it should be because it's so good. <laughs> and I believe that one is on a double feature with uh Video Dead. Yep. Yep. Scream Factory. Canon. I believe this is our final kind of canon film. Another film where it took twelve years for a sequel. Thirteen years. This one is divisive. If yeah, we've we've seen we've, this one divide yeah, a crowd. We've seen like right down the middle. Either you love this and you get this, or this movie, you're just like, what the fuck? I've seen it be the formation of a relationship with our friends from Atomic Cotton, Zach and Erica. It's like their movie. Yeah. Um, I've played this in my backyard to a non-horror crowd. And so you've seen the end of relationships. Yes. <laughs> I think people thought I was showing a snuff film. It was horrible. Well, uh, dog but, will hunt. <laughs> obviously we love the texas chainsaw massacre part two um it's definitely a horror comedy Mm -hmm. and you have to look at it that way yes you don't you're gonna you're not gonna get it it's as far different from the original as you can make it yeah because the original is no comedy well yeah Uh, franklin all the raspberries definitely can (laughs) can can drive you to laugh And again, Daler, he is all over. Oh, here we go. Heavy metal horror. 
doesn't get enough <laughs> representation. But now we got the Ragman to change that. Oh, right. Ah. Trick or Treat is a treat. Um, I had a this chance. is a good movie, but it's it's so. Ooh, there's some. There's like headphone shenanigans. The mixtape. Yeah, the mix mixtape massacre. <laughs> I'm a fan of Sammy Kerr. I love the album. The Fastway soundtrack is great. Um, cameos by Ozzy Osbourne. Gene Simmons trying to channel his inner, um, you know, howling. What is that guy? Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack. There we go. Venus and Mark Price from Family Ties Skippy. playing a metalhead. Not really convincingly, unfortunately. No, but at the same time. It worked. No, oh no, don't get me wrong. This is one of my favorite heavy metal horror films, but my biggest complaint is that I think it should be meaner because you really don't get that many great kills in the film, and it's a film that deserves some good kills. This would be a good pairing with um, Shocker. Oh, yeah. Oh, hells, yeah. Uh, this, uh, Shock 'em Dead, uh, Rocktober Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. High School Dance Shenanigans. Uh-huh. Uh, Sammy Kerr, one of my favorite uh, horror villains from the 80s. I've actually seen shirts out there devoted to him, so I know there's a growing cult. The cult occur. The cult occur. <laughs> rock and roll. Rock and roll. And look at that little That's icon cool. there. That's wonderful. It's so metal. And heavy metal is the, the, truly it's the bad evil. guy in this yeah, film. It's, it's, it's Tipper Gore's uh, wet dream. Directed by Charles Martin Smith, who played the accountant in The Untouchables. He was the one that, you know, got killed and said, touchable? Mm-hmm. That's him. <laughs> so he's behind the camera of Trick or Treat. Nice little deep cut there for you, hopefully. And the vampire genre kind of came alive in 87 for most people uh-huh. with The Lost Boys and Near Dark. But 86 gave us Grace Jones. And in this movie, she brought all of her own personal wardrobe and prop design. Sex toys as well. Everything. She brought it from home. Vamp is a fun movie. I like that dude. What is his name? I can't remember. Uh, hold on, hold on. Because he he played Long Duck Dong. Long in... Duck Dong. But he's in. He always plays in all these weird genre movies, and he's always fun in them. He was in Gremlins too. Yes, he, he was. was in a whole bunch and he of other... actually kind of plays against. A stereotype yeah, in this no, film, plays, which is he good. He plays like the rich frat party guy. And also, this is a film that features my boy uh, Robert uh, Russler, who I am just a fan of from Friday th- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Dee 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 Pfeiffer is great in this particular film. And then there's the very unique Grace Jones. Yes, uh, I know Getty Watanabe. Getty Watanabe. I like Getty Watanabe. No, he's a lot of fun. This film is a lot of fun. It's yeah, it shot is. so distinctly with the color scheme, so it almost feels like a vampire giallo film. Um, again, it's got Robert Russler, who I'm just I'm such a fan of. I love that guy in all of his films. And then that weird, like, Johnny, <laughs> he, Edgar Winters fucking street tough. He is, uh, it's Billy Drago, from also from The Untouchables, uh, also from Invasion USA, uh, kind of a podcast favorite, you could say. Uh, but this is a film that I don't think gets enough love or recognition as part of the vampire resurgence that we saw in the late 80s. I think this is the one that kind of kicked it off. It's There's so many weird vampire movies, though. That's the great thing about it, the 80s. Near Dark was a totally different vampire theme. Uh, Lost Boys was a totally different. Fright Night the, the, was a different vampire uh, the theme. The Hunger. Yeah. Even the vampire themes and Waxworks and all the things. And did I just, hey, I didn't say Fright Night is kicking out Jesus Christ. And we were just gushing over it, you know, half an hour ago. <laughs> it's horrible. That's what happens. The mind wanders. 
when you open the door, the mind wanders. No, and this is actually another film that showed you why you shouldn't play with the Ouija board. Uh, from the uh, director of Night of the Demons, uh, this is Witchboard. Witchboard. Which gives us Tani Katane. <laughs> Here I go again on my own. So, um, somebody was saying that we need to recreate the Tani Katane scene. If we ever do any Nightmare Junkin promos. Oh, good Lord. Really? <laughs> is, do they really want that? Uh, Witchboard. <laughs> Witchboard was one of the... Now, we're, we're closing the year out. We're going to finish everything off here with a film that we had a recent chance to do on Nerds and Nostalgia and this screen it live. so good. And an interesting film to leave 1986 with because it's a, definitely a hybrid film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wraith combines... Science fiction, uh-huh. action, uh-huh. horror, a teen film. Yes, a lifetime film about uh, oh, abusive, abusive boyfriends. boyfriends. Then they have like a street tough with uh, the different gang members and uh, it's just a, a racing film. A killer uh, car film. Yeah. This is, and it, it played it played weirdly, I guess, because it does take so many disparate elements and yeah. combines them together. Um, but again, the beauty, Randy Quaid before he went <laughs> crazy. crazy Randy Quaid. Yeah, the, you've got Clint uh, Howard rocking the Jack Nance. John Cassavetes. Nick Cassavetes Nick being Cassavetes scary. Being creepy. Creepy and scary. The delightfully lovely Sherilyn A great, Finn. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. A great soundtrack, metal soundtrack. Um, I just thank Garage House Pictures for putting this compilation together. Uh, you know, we kicked things off with The Bride. We're ending with The Wraith. It's a world of horror there. Yeah, so, it is. I mean, ultimately, thank you guys for taking this trip, this tour with us. You know, ultimately, uh, he's killing the car, not the kids yet. He, he reserves the car for the kids, if you notice in this and film. Then he, literally. And the shotgun, he just takes it out in the cars. He, he's selective when it comes to that. Uh, no, this film is definitely a lot of fun. It's so weird. Oh, it, it, no, it's truly, a, it's, it just shows you, we're doing a whole series of films were entitled Oddly 80s, uh, films that could only exist in the 1980s, that could only be made in the 1980s, and this so is one of those they films. They won't play any other time. No, this, yeah, you, you get different killer car films, now we get the Fast and the Furious, that's about as close as we'll probably get to the race. Yeah, that, that's not a killer car. Yeah, but if you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to fear, so until the next time, this is Greg D. <laughs> Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams.